you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky back with you. Uh, as the combine is in the rearview mirror, Buck, I didn't. I mean, sometimes there's episodes where you're like, okay, you know, what, what do we really want to talk about today? I and mean, we're going to have to narrow this down today because we got so much stuff to jump into. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great. I'm great. Uh, let me tip my hat to you uh, for the job that you did at the combine. Like uh, what you were doing, you and Rich and that crew up too, that's bananas. And watching it back because I had a chance to watch it back while you were still working, I had a chance to go over and kind of watch it on TV. Uh, it's crazy the amount of people that you had to know the information offhand and so i do understand a little bit why you might have been tired like saturday night after after we had dinner while you're ready to shut it down uh it's a lot man it's a lot to carry little nuggets on not only everybody but you know like being able to give like a vivid description of a play or something that you watch on tape or any any of that stuff man that stuff is really really hard well, you, you, I know all the work you put into it as well, Buck, and all the, the content that you were pushing out and really saving my bacon with the pod, too, because you guys were cranking out pods every day uh, with you and Lance. I think Rhett was jumping in on there as well. Um, I, yeah. I looked the other day because I was like, you know what? This is the combine. 
Um, a lot of focus in, in sports world is on the draft at this point in time. I look, Buck, my every pod you guys were cranking out was like top 25, top 25, top 25. So you, you're cranking the downloads and uh, and giving people what they want with awesome content. So I appreciate uh, you guys doing that. Not just, you know, one or two. You guys were knocking them out every day, man. So appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was actually a lot of fun. It was, it was fun having uh, uh, PBU, uh, Rhett and Lance on like it's so it's so funny because you know everyone who comes on brings a different perspective and so the conversations are always fun but I've been looking forward to today because I think like we kind of grew up in this uh we we've heard uh and we 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 kind of been brought up in different philosophical organizations like organizations that had different philosophies when it came to the combine and so I just can't wait to unpack like the general thoughts over some of the noise and some of the buzz that has kind of taken place since the end of the combine regarding some of the performances and how to directly impact some of these guys. Uh, look, mock drafts are mock drafts, but man, it is crazy the amount of movement on the outside. And you just wonder, does that coincide with any of the stuff that we're hearing about the movement on the inside? I'm going to give you a teaser. We're going to touch on uh, some veteran news, and then we're going to really jump in and go by position. So the teaser, and then no comment from you because I'm just going to tease it, and we'll swing around on it. I got a text this morning from from a general manager uh, who said he thinks Richardson's going to be the first pick in the draft. So That's bananas. So save the bananas for later. We're going to, we're going to put a pin in that. We'll come back. We'll come back. We'll eat some bananas. We'll come back and eat some bananas here in just a little bit. Uh, but let, let's talk about the, the quarterback carousel, which finally got cranked up. And I think, you know, this is the danger of doing a, a pod as we're recording. Mm-hmm. Who knows what could transpire, you know, by the time this comes out or by the time you're listening to this. But as of right now, the big one, the big domino that fell was Derek Carr to the saints. So there was talk, you know, maybe the Jets, maybe the Panthers. He ends up going to the Saints, which I think makes all the sense in the world. Dennis Allen, they have a relationship. I think it's not going to be quite the pressure cooker in uh, in New Orleans that he would have been walking into with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I think it's a comfortable, I think the division's not very good. There's a lot of reasons why I think this made a lot of sense. And, and it's the best fit for Derek Carr. Yeah, it's the best fit because uh, in these moments, it comes down to relationships, right? Um, uh, you want to go somewhere where you can trust the people that you're around. Obviously, the way that it ended for him with the Raiders, he may have a level of distrust when it comes to coaches and those things. So you want to link up with somebody that you feel like, you know, you feel like it's going to have your back good and bad and that you're able to kind of join forces at the hip and have a lot of success. The division is down. Uh, He would jump in and be the best quarterback in the division as we know it right now. Um, He steps into a team that has players all around him. He has a nice defense. He has players on the outside, uh, regardless of whether Michael Thomas comes back or not. Uh, they got pass catchers. They have a run in Alvin Kamara once he sorts through his legal stuff. But he has stuff that he should be able to do his thing. The only thing that looms large for Derek Carr is he steps into an environment where he always will be, will be compared to Drew Brees. And yeah. so the pressure that he has is that, but that's different than the pressure that he would have been stepping into in New York. There's a level of performance that they want to see from the quarterback in New Orleans, but it definitely is not like it would have been if he goes to New York. So he just has to step up and play. But I do think this is big for him because much like the narrative hung over Matthew Stafford when he was at Detroit about what he was or what he wasn't, now Derek Carr has an opportunity to prove that he is either amongst the ranks of the elite or he will come back to the pack and people will view him as a mid-level quarterback 
who has had a nice career, but he never really had any notable accomplishments. Yeah, they still have, again, you, you rattle off some of those names and the defensive pieces they have in place there. It's a solid team. They should be a playoff team next year uh, with Derek Carr. But the good news is, at least he's not the guy directly replacing Drew Brees. You're the guy who's replacing mm-hmm. the guy who replaced Drew Brees. So there's a That's little, the bit, of a, a little yeah. bit of a distance there. Um, but I think that makes sense for him. Now we'll see, as we're recording this, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's meeting uh, with the Jets. Yeah, and he's got to get comfortable with the Jets. The Jets have to get comfortable with him, with what they'd have to give up. The Packers have to be comfortable with Jordan Love, which I think we both would agree. I think they are. Um, but there's mm-hmm. still some things that would need to happen for this to take place. And who knows if Aaron Rodgers is going to play? Um, so that's a big one. I just feel like the Jets, where they are right now, their car's off the table. It feels like you know, you got to be kind of aggressive here with Aaron Rodgers because then you go down to the next tier. I think when you go down to the Garoppolo, you start messing mm-hmm. around, maybe try and get Ryan Tannehill out of Tennessee. I think you've you, you've stepped down a tier. So it feels like they'll be um, a, a little more motivated maybe to see if they can get this thing done with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, they may have to overpay to get him uh, with Aaron Rodgers. They have to also be okay with him being a one or two year rental. Yeah. And what does that look like for them in the team building process? The other thing that if I'm the Jets and what I want, like regardless of what they uh, may put out there or whatever with Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is going to be in the building. And so yeah. is there something that Zach Wilson can glean from being behind Aaron Rodgers? Will Aaron Rodgers be willing to share some of those things with Zach Wilson? I know they shared a moment after the game when they played. Uh, Zach Wilson has always talked about Aaron Rodgers being his favorite player and those things. But can they develop a relationship that Zach Wilson can be a better player out of this situation because Aaron Rodgers came over and taught him how to be a better player, either by study habits, work ethic, leadership, whatever um, he can share with them to help him grow. Like you would like to see that also be a part of the equation, because what you don't want to happen if you're the Jets, you have Aaron Rodgers for a year or two and then you don't have anybody to hand the baton to. And so if it's Zach Wilson or if it's a traffic or whatever, but you would like to have a succession plan in place to make sure that whatever success you have right now during the the Aaron Rodgers era, that you're able to build upon that going forward. Yeah, I I think if you're Zach Wilson, that Aaron Rodgers is the one you want. Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. comes into the building. There's no shame in sitting behind a multi-tier, multi-time MVP. There's no shame in sitting behind a first ballot Hall of Famer. It doesn't destroy you inside the locker room with your teammates, nothing like that. It's just, okay, hey, this is a little reset. We're going to ride the the Rodgers roller coaster here for maybe one or two years, see Mm -hmm. if we can't chase the playoffs and, and, and maybe even take this thing all the way to the distance. But in the meantime, you just, hey, you take a little pressure off. You get a chance to work. You're going to get a chance to be in the in the room. Uh, with a guy who's played in this system before. He's played under Hackett, Rodgers has, so he knows it inside and out, not to mention all the other stuff he knows. I think he's, you know, Rodgers is a different dude, man, but I do think mm-hmm. he's different than Brett Favre and that I think he'd be willing to to help, especially there's a little bit of a relationship there. There's no threat. They didn't, you know, it wasn't like he was in the building and they drafted Jordan Love. Yeah. This was, he's coming in to try and it's rescue, clear. rescue, yeah. rescue Zach. So I think that could, that could help. And I think that keeps Zach Wilson, uh, and his future in New York alive. If they would have brought in Derek Carr, that he, he's no point in having Zach Wilson on the team. Like his days were over there. Yeah, no, and 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 you're right. And so that I think that'd be a big, big part of the equation. And for the Jets, if it goes down like that, where maybe it clicks between Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, you see an improved Zach Wilson over time. Now he can take the baton and kind of lead the franchise to higher heights after the two years or so with Aaron Rodgers, yeah, like that's a win-win. 
Um, and I think the one thing we talk about getting comfortable is I would just want to make sure that Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with the receivers that he's inheriting uh, in the year. I like the young guys. Like we've said, we like the young guys. Like I like Gary Wilson. I like Eli Moore. I, look, Corey Davis, you certainly can can work with. Like those are solid guys. How much will Aaron Rodgers be willing to be around those guys so they can hit the ground running in the regular season? I think that has to also be a part of it because coming off of last year where he hasn't been around in the offseason, would he be more willing to come around? Now, New, it's also New York is different than Green Bay. It's maybe a little easier to go to New York and kind of do your thing and handle some of those obligations, but it should be a big part of the, the ass. Hey, man, we're going to need you to be around so you can help our young guys. Uh, we want to make a playoff push, but the division is tough, and so we're going to need everybody uh, to be ready to go when we start. Can I give you a little thought here? And I'm just thinking spitballing here. But if we're looking at what compensation would look like, if I'm the Jets, for a couple reasons, I, I'm trying to push the compensation into next year's draft. Now, hopefully it's not a one. I don't think it will be a one. But say it was yeah. a next year, next year two or next year combination of picks. Because if you kind of look at how their team is, they've got a lot of the key pieces in place. And where they're mm-hmm. picking right now in the draft, you know, if, the, if you're looking to get an interior offensive lineman, maybe a premier tight end, maybe maybe adding another corner, uh, a linebacker, like mm-hmm. safety, like the things that they could add to their team, they, they don't need to be picking high. I would then trade back in this draft and get – you could recoup some of the resources next year that you might be parting with to pick up an Aaron Rodgers, almost like in a way you could kind of get Aaron Rodgers for free. Yeah, you know, the big thing would be, we know this, like if the Packers are willing to move off of him, maybe they're a little more friendly when it comes to what they get back in return. They want to get something significant. So if you're going to give me something in next year's draft, it probably needs to be around higher than I would settle in this year's draft. And so what does that conversation look like? And to be honest, how many teams are suitors for Aaron Rodgers right now? Who are we negotiating against? If There's only one that I know interest, of. Like, who, who, that's what I'm saying. Who else is there? And right, if, Aaron Rodgers, heard, if Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers comes to them and says, I'm going to go play, like if there's only one team, if we're to assume that it's just the Jets, mm-hmm. which is all that we know about at this point in time, if, if he wants to go to the Jets, well, why would he want to strip away, strip away resources from the team he's going to go play for when he could simply just tell the Green Bay Packers, I'm retiring or I'm going to play for the Jets. So I'm not playing for you. That's over. Mm-hmm. So do you want to get this deal right. done and get something, whatever you can, or do you want to get nothing? You know, either way, the Jordan Love era start. Wouldn't you rather start it with some extra resources? Yeah, and that'd be the thing, and that'd be the tough conversation that you have to have. You know, uh, that's probably why he and his team are meeting with the Jets, trying to figure out if that's the fit, and then you know the next step. But it appears that whatever is going to happen, it's going to happen quickly. So hopefully, by the end of the week, we have some resolutions. Yep, no doubt. Um, all right, let's take let's let's step aside just for a quick minute, and then we're going to come back and we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to go position by position to this combine. Uh, biggest takeaways: what we what we learned there at Indianapolis. We'll get to that right after this. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower. 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, Buck, let's start. Uh, Let's go through the combine here. Let's start quarterbacks. I mentioned it uh, about Anthony Richardson. There are people in leadership roles with teams that think that there is a chance that he ends up being not only the top quarterback, but Mm -hmm. the first overall pick that somebody might end up trading all the way up there and taking Anthony Richardson. Um, Because when you watch him, you can find enough good and you can find enough on the tape to get excited about. There is a small sample size and there's some ugly tape to go along with it. Um, But I tried to show on the combine stuff that you can't just box score scout with him. You know, you, you really look at it. You'll see some of these games where you've got drops, you've got ricochet interceptions, and there's some magnificent plays sprinkled in there. So, Again, it's not he's not a he's not a consistent player, but if you're going to take a quarterback in this era with all these cyborgs that we have playing the position when you look at, you know, the AFC with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert and on and on and on and on and on it goes. Lamar Jackson, you better have somebody with a high ceiling and he has the highest ceiling of these guys, which he he showed at the combine with how he worked out and I thought he had a pretty solid throwing session. Look, he's an intriguing athlete. Um I think the the, the toughest thing for me, when it comes to Anthony Richardson is, look, there's a very, very small sample size of him playing quarterback in college. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, the biggest bust that we've seen have been guys that haven't played a lot. And so when you think about the lack of experience, the last quarterback to come into the league and that was a top pick with so few starts would be Mitchell Trubisky. And it took Mm -hmm. Mitchell Trubisky time to kind of find his lane. And I don't know if he ever realized the potential that he was supposed to based upon being the number two overall pick. So I worry about that part of it. I also worry when it comes to Anthony Richardson that he steps into a situation where either the team doesn't have a blueprint for how to develop him or they rush him onto the field before he is ready to play. And so if a team is going to take him, I would hope that it would be a team that already has a veteran in place, a team that is a winning program that they don't need him to play right away. Maybe this is a 2024 or 2025 project like Steve McNair was back in the day, but no one wants to use that, that blueprint. And I also hope that they are willing to revamp their offense to give him a chance at success. The names that we've heard compared to Anthony Richardson have been the following. Cam Newton, Josh Allen, and then some have talked about Jalen Hurts. The common denominator with all of those guys. One, the team was willing to revamp the offense to make them comfortable. Two, the players were hardworking players that really dug down deep into working into their games. And so I would hope that he falls into a situation where it would be a marriage like that so you could get the best of him. Because I don't know if anyone really knows what he is as a player and what he could be, and you won't know that until you get him in your building and start thinking about how can I design an offense to maximize his talents. Yeah, And I want to hit on a couple things there because – to me, we can look at the physical comparisons of some of the guys, you know, and you think about Steve McNair, you, you obviously mentioned, you mentioned Cam Newton, like guys that just had this physical Josh Allen, those mm-hmm. guys that have all those physical traits. I think to me, the biggest thing I'm struggling with, Buck, is not the uneven tape. It's, as you mentioned, the sample size. So you mentioned Mitchell Trubisky. I'm going to give you two other examples, right? So Cam, who mm-hmm. was really that one year at Auburn. Now, people, yeah. you know, they don't remember on that Auburn team. Now, remember on the defense, they had uh, the defensive tackle. Nick Fairley. 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 That offense, you go back and look at that offense, he didn't throw to any Nobody. NFL receivers. He had, I don't think Nobody. he had NFL back. There's no NFL players. He was so gifted and so talented. Yes. He went undefeated, I believe, won the national yes. championship and the Heisman and Trophy. And he was That's not playing why. with anything. That's what the standard was. Let me give you one more on a, on a much lesser level, mm-hmm. right? Mac Jones was a one-year starter at Alabama, right? Mac Jones is a first-round pick. So you could say, well, the sample size wasn't a big – Mac Jones, Buck, again, 41 touchdowns, four picks, 4,500 yards, like national championship. Like this is like – it was a small sample size, but the accomplishments are exceptional. Now, he's a totally different player than Anthony Richardson, but what I'm getting at is not only is the sample size small, but it's not like – not that great of an accomplishment list on that small sample size. I'm, I'm, so I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. And so because this is one of the things that kind of gets muddied on where we are now in the media world. People love to throw. We love to talk about player comparisons. We have producers like, hey, give me a player comparison, yada, yada, yada. And so how do you go about bringing about that player comparison? Do you talk about like physically what they look like, what they could play like? Or are we really doing a comparison based on Cam Newton was this? Played the league like this. That's what we're talking about. So when people, and I'll admit it, I was irked when I heard a comparison. I was like, man, can you go back and really look at what Cam Newton was in college? He was a dominant, a dominant player that led his team to a national title. And even before that, 
he led his junior college to a national title. So there was a bit of a track record of Cam Newton bringing success to the teams that he was a part of. He also, as an individual, he won the Heisman Trophy. And I know as scouts, we don't get caught up in awards, but that signifies that somebody thought you were the best player in college football. Anthony Richardson has never been viewed like that. And so that's what's hard for me. Now, the Josh Allen comparison played a lot more ball and had a significant year before his final season where you're like, oh, okay, play with better players. Josh Allen looked like the deal, yada, yada, yada. Even with Josh Allen, though, because people are trying to link together the completion percentages. Two years of a struggle, one season that could be regarded as an MVP season, and then he's kind of come back completion percentage-wise. Some of that might be Brian Dayball leaving, this and that. And so Josh Allen is going to be what he's always been, Anthony Richardson, too. And so you kind of have to take him at what he is. How does that project to the National Football League? So when we're talking about number one overall or at the top of the board or whatever, look, football is different than basketball. Basketball, they always draft off potential and traits and those things. Because in the basketball, you can it's an individual sport in a way because you can develop those individual skills, ball handling, shooting, or whatever. I don't know how Anthony Richardson can develop himself in a way that he can become what a number one pick should become, which is a dominant player that you can envision being a gold jacket player. Yeah. You know, ironically, when you, you, you look at the teams that he would make sense for, I've lobbied as we've had this conversation before with the Lions. Mm-hmm. They've got two first round picks. Now, I don't think he would get to their second first round pick. They'd have to take him at six. Um, much like the conversation we had about hmm. Daniel Jones when he was coming out. Remember the Giants had six and 17 and we're like, well, if you're going to take him at 17, you might as well just take him at six and make sure that you get him. You know, either way, you you believe he's worth the first round pick. If you're worth the 17th pick, you might you, you got to be worth the sixth pick. It's just kind of it, yeah. the evaluation. That is what that's the value of the quarterback. So I can make that case. I think the Lions are the best fit. And who knows? I don't know that he gets there to them at six. I think it's beginning to look like he's not going to get there at six. But the other team that makes sense which would be if they struck out on this Aaron Rodgers thing is if the Jets just said, we are going to go all in and be a bully. We've got a great defense already. We're Mm going to get Mekhi Becton, Elijah Vera Tucker back healthy. um, And we're going to, and we're going to sit out there with Brees Hall in the backfield. And we're going to, we're going to say, guess what? You got Anthony Richardson carrying the ball. We've got Brees Hall carrying the ball. And if you want to come up there and try and slow that down, we're going to hit you with with Garrett Wilson over, over the top and Elijah Moore over the top. Those receivers wouldn't love it, Buck, if you played like that, but you could make a case that could be a formula that could work for them. It could be a formula. And given the background of, well, Robert Sala, because he did come from San Francisco, uh, he's certainly still tied in with Kyle Shanahan. This, to me, is very similar to the Trey Lance conversation. The problem is, in terms of trying to be positive, Trey Lance hasn't popped like that. Remember, sample size for Trey Lance was small. It was done on a smaller, a lower level of competition. But to me, it's a conversation that is very, very similar. So what can you do? Because my question would be, if I'm Robert Sala and I'm saying, hey, Nathaniel Hackett, here's what we're doing. You outline the plan for us to have success with Anthony Richardson. What does our offense look like? How do we take him in? What does year one look like? What does year two look like as we build upon these things? Uh, you talk about Detroit being a viable option outside of the Jets. How about the Seattle Seahawks? They are the oh, team yeah. to me 100%. That, is, that is better positioned to do this because they legitimately have a quarterback in place 
where they can say, hey, man, we're going to put you away. And because Pete Carroll and those guys have been a developmental program, they're okay doing these things. Because, look, they've done it with lower round guys, not necessarily a quarterback, but they've done it throughout their program in terms of developing young players, getting them ready. You have Geno Smith there who just signed his three-year deal. I know for sure I got two years of a starting quarterback who has played at a Pro Bowl level for us. That buys me time to get Anthony Richardson better. We can say Anthony Richardson's upside. We'll view it as better than Drew Locke. Why not do it? I got two picks. Why not make the move if that's what I want to do and how I want to play? Yeah, no, it's a fascinating one, man. I I want to keep it going here, and we'll jump into some of these other positions. We'll move at a better pace. But the C.J. Stroud, Buck, I, I used the word graceful. I thought it was just a pure throwing session. Some guys are just natural mm-hmm. throwers. There's some guys look like they've been throwing a football and playing quarterback their whole life. Watching yeah. him throw the football, the way it came out of his hand, he's got a little whip on the deep ball. Um, he's He just spun it really well. I thought everything he did with his feet was quiet and calm. Um, it was just smooth. I use this word graceful. I just thought it was a graceful performance and one of the better throwing sessions that I've seen. You know, DJ, he he was terrific. And, you know, I, I've long believed in terms of the most natural thrower. He is supernatural in terms of all of those things. And I know we're at a point where sometimes we 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 now we kind of crave and relish like Patrick Mahomes has spoiled us, right? He spoiled us because all of the spectacular throws that he makes out of the structure of the offense. So now everyone tends to want like that guy that can do all those things. But when you really think about the position, I want a guy that can move the the team down the field. We've always said like he has to be able to deal from the pocket. CJ Stroud deals from the pocket. He has prototypical size, dimensions, arm talent, all those things. We can talk about Does he have enough poise under pressure? Because the biggest thing has been when the pocket breaks down, like how does he handle those things? Well, we need to continue to see that, and we won't see that until he plays again. But if that is the case, then I'm going to vest heavily into your offensive line. Don't want pressure up the middle. Yep. Yep. I want him protected, and then I'm going to let him do it. Because he has shown when you let him uh, play seven-on-seven football, he's one of the best that we've seen do it. And so I want to make sure that he is given that opportunity because the way that he spends it, uh, watching him throw it compared to some of the other guys, is different. <laughs> it's yeah, a lot different. <laughs> it was. It was. And, and every ball had the right trajectory. Every ball had the right pace. It's just a thrower. It's a, he's a talented, talented thrower. And, uh, you know, he's different than the other Ohio State guys. He's totally different. So put that put that stuff mm-hmm. aside. Like he's his own guy. Totally different. Uh, Will Levis. Buck, the, the velocity is there. He's still working against himself throwing left. It's the same stuff that we've talked about before. It, that that hasn't cleaned itself up. Yeah, I think if anything has happened out of this workout, if if we're, I think one, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, their cards have to be tied together. So we always talk about cluster busters. But yeah. if I'm going to put those two guys together, I'm always going to gamble for Anthony Richardson over Will Levis. I, I, that's the switch I'm going to make. That's the switch yeah. I'm making. Like coming out of this, that's I'm making that yeah. switch. Bigger, stronger, faster, mm-hmm. younger in terms of experience. Will Levis is a five-year player. Like he's a fifth-year player who has significant he has starts and all that. If I'm a bank on upside, well, I'm gonna go with the guy who I haven't seen enough, who has more physical ability and traits. Yeah, limitless. And so for yeah. me, yeah, I'm flip that. You know, like he mm-hmm. uh, to me, I'm gonna take Richardson over Levis. And so I think there'll be a little bit of a reshuffle because. They probably were graded closer together anyway. Now the athleticism mm-hmm. kind of tips 
the things in Anthony Richardson's favor. No doubt. Um, all right, let's go to the running back position. Just kind of go through these positions. Bijan, as advertised, ran in the mid four fours. You know, mm-hmm. one of the cool things at the combine is you get to see scouting buddies, and um, you know, you're always looking for comparisons. And one of them had said, "Golly, he looks just like Edge when Edge was coming out of Miami." And I was like, once mm-hmm. I heard that, I was trying to think of who he was and who he reminded me of, and I thought, man, that is a great like, comparison. That, that's a that's it, man. He looks that's just like him, the way he moves. And, catch can do all those things i think edge was number five too we always end up doing the the number comp right it, it's somehow mm-hmm. that triggers in your mind uh, an evaluation i think edger and james was number five at, at the u back in the day as well man that's a great that's a great comparison and you know the thing about edgerin i he might have been underappreciated because remember that was the ricky williams draft ricky williams was yeah. supposed to be the guy that goes uh they flip it take edger and james and you know edger and james hall of fame player but those early years, Edron James in that offense with Peyton Manning, the way that that offense looked and the way that he dominated those first few years, I think he led the league in rushing. Yeah, I can see B. John Robinson doing that. And I know we're at a time where look, running backs are devalued in terms of um, how they're viewed, but the special ones should always get the special treatment. And so yeah, it would be interesting to see him. So you are tied with the Chargers. Can you imagine him playing behind Justin Herbert? Can you imagine how that changes the equation when it comes to, hey, how are we going to defend the L.A. Chargers now? Big physical running back behind a superstar quarterback with weapons abound. Look, pick your poison. So to me, that's where it goes. And so it's not about them not being important. I understand the value, but they're still huge in importance. And he is a star. Like he's a star running back, and it's hard to find those. And so that's the distinction. There's a difference between a star running back and a good running back. He is a star. Yeah, it would be fascinating there. And you look at it and see, man, well, Austin Eckler has 20 touchdowns and does all these different things. I think you still use Austin Eckler. I think you might even take some off him, put him some in the slot, let him be in the backfield. Like, And B. John uh, Robinson like, yeah, can, can give you stuff in the slot and do all that stuff as well. But he just gives you he gives you more power, you know. So Yeah, more power, more size. And there's something yeah. to it late in the year. I know people hate talking about this, but you know what it is. When you get in the postseason, yeah. you got to grind it out. Like there's a physical element that your team has to have to be able to advance uh, far in the tournament. And so just being able to give that look, people talk about, excuse me, what about the chiefs? Well, what about how hard Isaiah Pacheco ran and just yeah. that physical element that he gave them when they needed it. You don't need it all the time, but you have mm-hmm. to have some of that in, on your team. Yep. Uh, Jameer Gibbs from Bama ran under the four fours. He was awesome. Ja- Zach Charbonnet buck. I felt like personally I was higher on him than buddies in the league. And I thought coming out of the combine, I felt like I, I felt like I won some people over. I felt like I got some people to jump on the Charbonnet express with me uh, with how he worked out. He catched the ball. He can do everything. And he runs with power. And he's one of these guys that I mean, when you're looking at backs, he, he came in at 214. He played every bit at 220. I think he cut to run. He's going to be over mm-hmm. a 220 pound back. To me, he's, he's, he's fine. He's perfect. Like he, he's perfect as a big back. You know, we talked about it. You actually coined it where, hey, man, is this guy a, a playmaker in the passing game or is he a check down option? Mm-hmm. To me, he's a little more than a check down option. He can be an effective screen game runner. You see that on tape at UCLA. The guy catches the ball. He can catch the football. That's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, am I trying to throw it to him 70 times and put him <laughs> in routes? Like, no, but he's effective enough that we don't have to take him off the field to do some of the things that we want to do in the passing game. He's a really good player. And to me, size matters when we think about some of these teams. There are not many bangers, those big backs that can thump. He has that ability, and it also helps that he can catch it. Yeah, I always 
point out those numbers at this thing, which is great, which I have our buddy Jack Andre pull for me. When you look at the top 10 leaders in terms of scrimmage yards, take scrimmage yards with running backs, said just those rushing yards, the average was like 218, 219 pounds. So in order to be able to touch it, tote it that many times, size helps. So uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on the running backs. A-chain, we knew he was going to roll low four threes he's from fast. A&M. Yeah, he's fast. Ty J Spears, we knew would have an excellent field workout. He he uh, he did. He mm-hmm. was excellent. Um, you know, on and on and on down through the list of guys. Roshan Johnson from Texas had a good workout. He'll end up being a starter. It's a it's a deep mm-hmm. stacked loaded group of running backs, and I thought they delivered. I, I want to get to um, wideouts though because I wanted to I want to see if we mm-hmm. land on the same place here because I feel like and this is. There's, there's positions that are hard for, for certain teams or certain individuals, and there's other positions that you, you finally get a read on. I think we cracked the code on this on our pod mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. in our discussions. Maybe, what do you think, four or five years ago when we came to this conclusion? I think it was the Cooper Cup. I think it was the Cooper Cup year. Yeah, talk about craftsmen, route runners. Yes. Those are the guys yes. that pop. Yeah, absolutely. So if we, if we look at it this way, and I'm going to end up moving my order around because I wanted to see these guys move around in person. And now I'll get a chance to do deeper dives and all that kind of jazz. But I know he couldn't do that. He didn't stay in the workout very long. Jordan Addison was fast enough for me. He ran four, four, nine. I've seen him run every route he ran. He, I think it was one in, in cut or whatever mm-hmm. he ran. It went up and, and got it. Just so you can see one route. I'm like he can run routes. I'm, I'm good with him. Sm- uh, Jackson Smith and Jig was my second guy. He had a phenomenal field workout. Mm-hmm. Everything's about mm-hmm. quickness and and polish. Excellent route runner. So here's where it gets. Here's where I'm going to show you the shakeup for me, and then I'll get your take on mm-hmm. it. I had Hyatt from Tennessee, Quentin Johnson from TCU, and then Zay Flowers from BC. And when you watch those guys out there together, Zay Flowers has to go above those other two guys. He does. Zay Flowers. Yeah. He is. He just. He's. A, he's a pristine route uh, yeah. runner. And when you look at it, even like him with Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers is 182 pounds. Hyatt's 176. Even Jordan Addison's 173. So we had talked two years ago, I believe, about mm-hmm. the other ingredient of play strength. Like these wideouts, mm-hmm. ideally you want to have craftsmen, pure route runners, and you want to have guys that have some play strength to them as well. And Zay Flowers, he might not be 6'1", Buck, but he has everything else. He absolutely does. So, um, yeah, so look. We're we're really, really close in terms of that. So going into the event, I was always a Jackson Smith and Jigba fan just because yeah. like going off of that, like I thought, man, his route run ability is spectacular. He put that on display doing his field workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zay Flowers, to me, because I had the opportunity to watch him up close at the East-West Shrine game, I had a mm-hmm. real good sense of whatever. He re- really reminds me of Antonio Brown in terms yeah. of just his ability just to put his foot in the ground, create separation. He plays with a little bit of an attitude. He can break tackles and all that. So I love him. Jordan Addison, I absolutely can see it. I was disappointed with him at USC, but when you go back and watch him when he played with Kenny Pickett, man, he gets down because that offense was built around his playmaking ability. I think those guys, whatever order, whatever, like they go to the top. And then what happens, now you break them out in separate categories. So now you got Quentin Johnson and Jalen Hyatt, who I believe – play the vertical stretch role. They're the guys that, for lack of a better, uh, just to give you a description, to me, they're the Ted Ginn's of the class. Yeah. Meaning, Ted Ginn played a long time in the league, but when you look at Ted Ginn's route tree, if this was like the little heat map that we have, yeah, next yeah. stat, it's all post, go, over, we're on the move. Those guys play in that world. 
And I'm fine with that. But the other guys that we talk about in terms of just pure route running, pitter pat, create separation, get open, those guys do it. And the guy that some people will kind of throw into, not necessarily that conversation, but kind of, he'll be bandied about. I think Josh Downs from North Carolina yeah. talked about it. He's still small for my taste, like some of these guys, but he's a really good route runner. He's dynamic. He catches the ball well. There's a role for him. But you got to have the other pieces of the basketball team on the perimeter in place. But you can kind of, you know, get open and get things done. But, yeah, I think the workouts – and this is the value of the combine. The combine allows you to see those guys back to back to back yep. to back working out. Whereas if you go to a pro day, you have to remember and have recall of what a guy looked like. The advantage of being able to see all those guys work in succession allows you to make – I think solid assessments when you compare and contrast their talents. Yeah. So I think the way we've kind of broken that down is if you're just going to look at the complete whole receiver to be able to do everything that you want to do as craftsmen, um, as guys that have reliable hands, guys you can trust. I think we feel safe. I, I think Smith and Jigba, I think flowers, I think Addison, that's a three, however you want to, however you want to break those three down, that's the clump. Those three guys need to travel together and figure those three guys out. And you have the vertical guys who you just talked about. I think there's tiers of vertical guys. I think there's a bunch more uh, that we haven't mentioned. And, and Tyler Scott, who can really fly. Um, and there's more as you go down through the list. Michigan State uh, had a good workout. Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed had a really good workout as somebody that can stretch the field. But there's two guys that I identified. If you want to take them out of these first kind of groups and say, man, okay, third round. If we mm-hmm. just want to, let's just say third round. My, my two third round guys that I thought watching them work out, I liked them on tape. And then I thought they ran well. And then the field workout, like they passed all three tests. Marvin Mims from from Oklahoma. Mm, yes. He looked good, man. He looked good running route, running routes out there. And he is, let me give you his, he is 183 pounds. So he's just under 5'11, 183 pounds. He ran 438. But the speed plays, you can see it on tape. Um, you see him make plays. And the other one, um, chart right I've been right next to each other on my sequence. This is Charlie Jones from Purdue. He ran, he ran four, oh, four, yeah. three. Fuck mm-hmm. his route running stuff, and he plays inside, outside. Remember, he was at mm-hmm. Iowa. Their offense stinks, so he transfers yeah. to Purdue and has you know huge numbers. And I'm like, man, maybe if this guy had been at Purdue like through his whole career, and we just saw a thousand yard season after thousand yard mm-hmm. season, and then he goes out there, runs four, four, three, and has that workout, we'd be like, this guy's a second round pick, man. Look, those two guys. It's funny that you brought those two guys up. Like we've been working together too long. Marvin Mims was the one. Because when you see him run the time, then you go back and you're like, man, I, I saw the quickness and stuff, but I didn't yeah. know he was going to be that explosive in terms of like straight line blazing the track or whatever. You see the hands, you see his ability to catch the ball to make plays and all that stuff. So he certainly does with it. But Charlie Jones from Purdue, uh, coming from Iowa, didn't get opportunities, but then he played in the offense now that was a pass-heavy offense. You got a chance to see him with more touches, do more things, his versatility inside, outside. That stuff plays. and DJ, you see it with the Chargers. I see it each week with the Jaguars. Your ability to put together a perimeter of playmakers that can move around inside, outside, change the picture for the defense while remaining the same for the quarterback, man, that is invaluable. And so I am really looking for those those versatile players that not only have like the skill set, but they have the IQ, the aptitude to be able to handle that information and bounce around. Those guys go to the front of the to the front of the room because they're gonna help your team in so many different ways. 
So I love looking through our research and it, it just pulls, it's just the numbers as we were talking, there's no perfect comps, but if you just look at the numbers side by side, Marvin Mims is Emmanuel Sanders, like height, oh, weight, speed, uh, mm-hmm. jumps, everything like literally almost identical buck, like mm-hmm. clones of one another. And I'm like, Emmanuel Sanders, as we get to work with him now, is a darn good player in this league for a long time. Played for a long time, played for a long time, had a lot of production. Yeah. So that, that was an interesting one that kind of popped. So, you know, and the other one was Steve Smith and Zay Flowers are clones. You know, our Steve Ooh. Smith and Zay Flowers, same exact side. That might, I might end up using that comp. Um, interesting. That's a good one. So That's a real it's, good fun, one. it's fun to see kind of how the numbers shake out and what pops. Um, I think we should – I'm making an executive decision here. I think we should just finish up the offense on this one and let's save the defense. That. Let's save the defense yeah, for the next that. pod. Um, yeah. When we look at the tight end position, I thought it was the deepest coming in. We've talked about it a ton. Um, to me, Buck, I and mean, when we go through all, we can go through the top dudes. But if you're going to say who helped themselves the most, I thought it was Iowa. I thought Laporta. I think he ran. Yeah. I got pulled. I think he ran four five nine. Let me uh, pull it up here. L- Laporta ran. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was six oh three two two forty five. He ran four five nine. Had an outstanding field workout. And uh, yeah, again, I talked about Charlie Jones being stuck in that cruddy Iowa offense. Laporta made plays, and that was an offense that was not easy to make plays in. And you sit no, there and go, what, "What if he was? At, what if Laporta was playing in Oklahoma or one of these, you know, good offenses? We'd be talking a lot more about him. We would be talking a lot about him. And then you also think about the pedigree of Iowa players and how yeah. they perform in the National Football League. Uh, you know, he's been developed. You know, he has more than he displayed during his collegiate years." He's a, he's a nice player. I liked him a lot. He was already ranked my sixth tight end, so yeah. he was already on the fringes there. Yeah, he was he now was five. He workout. was five for me. I think I got. I think yeah, I'm he's low. a good player. Yeah, he's 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 a really solid player. You know, the thing is, DJ, we've talked about it. The tight ends now, man. This tight end class here, like so solid. So many good players. Um, you know, the funny thing is, people are talking about Darnell Washington and his workout and what he was able to do, and people are like impressive in terms of catching. I was like, yeah, that's great. But you know what I want him to do? I want him to do exactly what he did to the blocking sled. We're saying, hey, Darnell, we're going to give you a cute little number, but you're the sixth offensive lineman. We're going to block and do those things. And the fact that he can catch it is great, but you're taking him to enhance what you do in the run game. He is just a specimen. Uh, Look, he's terrific. I mean, he's a big time player. Yeah, he's going to be – he is a weapon when you can put him out there and he changes the math with what he does in the run game and then he makes the best one-handed catch of any of anybody at the combine. His shuttle – It's either the hands or the gloves. Yeah. It's either the hands or the gloves. I don't know if the gloves – whatever that is, but man. Yeah, that's a big man. Uh, he was – gosh, what, what was his weight here? Darnell Washington was 264 pounds at just under 6'7", ran 4'6'4". Um, didn't get to see my top guy, Kincaid. He's coming through the back injury. Michael Mayer ran – actually, it's not a great time, but it's better than I thought he would run. He ran 4'7 flat, um, kind of more one speed. It, look, it, it's fine. He, he's it's a fine. good – he's a, just you know, a good all-around player. He's a good all-around player, and what he has in his favor, he's a true wide tight end. He doesn't get lumped into flex. He's a wide tight end attached to the tackle. He's going to block. He's going to do those things. Very productive um, in the running game. I know people have compared him to Jason Witten. I threw out the old comparison, Mark Bavaro, in terms of big physical tight end, like just kind of get it done. But, yeah, he's an old school wide tight end, like the guys that we've seen play that position for years and years on end. Yeah, uh, good group all the way around of the tight ends. I I would say another one who, who really helped himself 
like Brenton Strange from Penn State is going to be a good player. He ran that same time, 4-7-0, but had a good all-around workout. He's a good blocker as well. So, again, a lot of complete tight ends. So we love the tight end group. Um, If we go to the offensive line, which is kind of last here as as we get ready to wrap this thing up, Buck, anything jump out to you? I mean, Paris Johnson did not run, but I thought he had a good field workout. He's got 36-and-an-eighth-inch arms. Broderick Jones Mm -hmm. ran sub-five at 4-9-7. He was bigger than we thought at, at, at over six foot five, 311 pounds. Um, you know, it was some uh, some interesting guys. Who stood out to you? No, I think overall, like the big thing with the class is just the, the level of athleticism that we now see at offensive line. Even though I had a conversation with John Fox and he talked to me, he said, look, the biggest mismatch on the football field in today's game is O-line versus D-line. You're expecting O-linemen to block these D-linemen that run 4-4, uh, four or five coming off the edge. And so it just requires a different skill set. But um, look, man, I, I think the class is good. I think some of these guys will talk about like the Jalen Duncans of the world and some of this, like what you're trying to find in this thing, Darnell uh, writes in those White, guys. Yeah. He looked good. White, like, like white, like do these guys have enough balance and body control to be able to kind of handle themselves in one-on-one situations on the edges. And the reality is like, Maybe not, but can they take what they have and find a way to win with it? Can they learn how to quick set? Can they, do they have enough length to make it right uh, when they're facing some of these guys? And so that's the deal. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think Darnell Wright is going to be a top 15 pick. Like, he's, that, he's massive. He had clean tape against elite competition in the SEC this year. He went to the Senior Bowl and was excellent mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl. He went to the Combine and ran r- darn near five flat, 501 at 333 pounds, and it had an excellent field workout. There's no more boxes for the guy to check. I mean, he's 6053, 333 pounds, and it's like he's my 23rd player. I'm going to move him up. He's, he's, he's going he's, he's gonna to be a plug-and-play starter at right tackle. And he's ready to go, and he's passed every test. Like It's like what more do you – at some point in time, you're like, okay, what, what, what more do we want this guy to do here? Nothing. You just have to go with it. And I think it's one of those things. And I think because of the nature of the position, uh, it's, the pool is shallow. So those guys that we talked about, they're going to go sooner because you can't mm-hmm. wait. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go yeah. sooner than expected. And so you're looking for the trades, you're looking for guys that are able to check off some of those boxes, and then you have to work around the deficiencies. That's mm-hmm. why the offensive line is one where you're evaluating individuals, but it's really how they play as a collective. You know, yeah. you got five guys playing. And so how do they play off of one another? It's really important. Yep. Uh, to the point where if somehow Darnell Wright ended up being the first offensive tackle pick, that would not be shocked. I just wouldn't be shocked. Well, he's, he's big. He's athletic. He has tape out there that shows him take whole these take other guys against good guys. Yeah. Yeah. The other guys that, that I have in front of him right now, Skaronsky's 313 pounds. You know, it doesn't have much length. Um, you've got Paris Johnson, 313 pounds, plays a little bit upright. Broderick Jones is 311 pounds. Um, is, is, you know, is a good player. This guy's 333 pounds and ran mm-hmm. 501. Like, yeah. Yeah. So at it's some point time, it's like, yeah. we've always had it. We've always had it in this order, but at some point in time, you take a step back and say, okay, if I'm just entering into this process, I'm going to start with a clean slate and assume the background is all the same. And I watch these guys and like, why isn't, why isn't he the top guy? Yeah, the, the guy from Tennessee, the big guy, the big guy, yeah. the mall of brawler that, that knocks people around. Yeah. It, so it's true. Anyway. 
Yeah. Anyways, you look at the interior, a couple other guys real quick before we get to the interior. Matthew Bergeron had a good workout from Syracuse. He's a good player. Uh, Anton Harrison is a tougher evaluation for me, but had an outstanding workout from Oklahoma. He's going to go. Um, so those are some interesting uh, tackles. The interior offensive lineman, John Michael Schmitz, I'll be honest, I hope he was going to move around a little bit better. Um, coming mm-hmm. off a great senior bowl, just okay. Uh, ran 5-3-5. Five, five. Uh, Osiris Torrance, 5-3-1. He's the comp on him, Buck, when you put it in the numbers was Ayapati. Remember him coming out of Idaho back in the day? Yeah, I do remember. I do remember him coming from Idaho. Good player, though. Yeah. Then you got Joe Tipman. Uh, we did not see him out there. Steve Avila um, uh, was solid from TCU. Cody Malk was great. It's a good group of interior offensive linemen. So good group overall. I think the offense uh, was solid, Buck. And then we'll uh, – We'll take a we'll take a we'll take a break. Put a pin in this one for right now, and I say we come back next time and do the defense. Look, man, it should be fun. Looking forward to it. That should be a lot of fun. The defense had a lot of guys that showed out. Give us a little more time to dig into it, study them, and get them right. But uh, should be a good one. Yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed this one today. Again, offense in the books. We will circle back. We will break down the defense from the combine and what we saw. We didn't want to shortchange you there with a rushed evaluation. So uh, we will get to that next time. That episode will be coming your way here on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Appreciate you guys hanging with us. And we'll see you next time right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.